BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for thevikingage.com. And as always, I'm joined by Chris Shad here for its right writes for us here at the Viking Age as well as zone coverage and bring me the news. Before we start today's show, make sure to like this video and subscribe to our channel on YouTube if you are watching. And if you have done that already, we greatly appreciate that. And make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. All right, before we get started started today on our topics, um, the Vikings will face the 49ers on Saturday in a preseason matchup inside U.S. Bank Stadium. Now, Chris, in their history, the Vikings and 49ers have faced off in the playoffs six times. Um, of these six matchups, do you know how many the Vikings have won? The 49ers have played how many, you're saying? Uh, they've played each other six times in the playoffs in their history. Oh, six times in the playoffs. Um, I don't think the uh, okay. They beat them in '87. I remember that. Yep. So I'm going to say it's one because I You're can't correct. remember any others. Yeah, you are correct. That was the only time the Vikings have beat the 49ers in the playoffs. They upsetted the top seeded 49ers that year on the road, 36-24 in the divisional round. Unfortunately, uh, stop me if you've heard this before, the Vikings' dream came to an end in the NFC Championship the following week when they lost to... Darren Nelson. Yeah, 17-10 to Washington, who was the eventual Super Bowl champion. That divisional round victory actually was also the last time Minnesota won uh, a playoff game against the 49ers, obviously since it's the only one, and that was also the last season that the Vikings have won more than two games or two postseason games uh, in a single season. They have they haven't won more than one playoff game since the 1987 season. So that's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> that's the God, I, I love born. this team, right? That's the year I was born. So pretty much my whole lifetime, the Vikings have never won more than one playoff game. All right, getting into our topics. Kirk Cousins is back from his. Uh, COVID-19 quarantine, uh, and he's uh, he's pretty fired up, yeah, uh, we, we could say, at the least. Uh, this week, the Vikings and 49ers are holding joint practices in Minnesota. Uh, there haven't been any brawls 
like you might have seen from the the Panthers and, and, and Patriots. But things have been still a little bit chippy. We've heard about Thielen. Uh, Thielen's been very feisty this week, like yelling at refs and everything. But uh, we, we know he can get like that. Um, but the competition has seemed to bring out the fire in, in multiple Vikings players, including quarterback Kirk Cousins. Now, what you're about to hear is the truth and, and, and nothing but the truth, as it uh, was shared by multiple Vikings reporters who were present at practice when this happened. But on Wednesday, after throwing a pass, Kirk Cousins was fired up and he delivered his trademark, you like that uh, phrase, shout it out. But then he said it again and added a little spice to it. And if there's children nearby, you know, make sure you cover their ears because he said, you fucking like that. Um, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, this really shocked me and, and many people in the Vikings fan base because I think the most vulgar thing we've heard come out of uh, Kirk's mouth was were things like Frick and, and gosh darn it. So uh, this was a surprise to, to many people on Wednesday. It was pretty shocking. Now, Chris, this may seem silly, but does, uh, does Kirk's potty mouth actually make him a more likable quarterback? I gotta, I gotta level with you here before I get into my answer because okay. I did not so know we could drop f bombs on this podcast. Well, so I just I, did. I am super excited. I am. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna do it like out of. So I mean, if a casual one slips, because I've always kind of tried to censor it myself. Yeah. Um, you know what was one of the biggest caveats in Mike Sando's quarterback tears? He wrote that piece for the Athletic. What was? What did one of the coaches say? It's like he's just a guy. Now I can't remember the exact words, but he was talking like people don't want to die for him. You know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of emotion. There's not a lot of energy behind it. I love this. Like, on, and, and really, it's just an F-bomb. I mean, it's not calling a timeout when he's supposed to call a timeout or lining up under the center on an important fourth down play or any of those things. But I mean, showing some personality and showing an ownership of this team. One of the things that Arif Hassan wrote about Kirk Cousins in a piece back in February for The Athletic, he said that Kirk has always kind of been a guy who kind of fades in the background. He was sixth on the depth chart when he went to Michigan State. He always deferred to everybody else as it's their team, their team. Like even here, it's like, oh, it's Adam Thielen's team. It's Dalvin. They've been here longer. I want to see Kirk grab this team by the horns and take control. And I mean, if it takes a couple of F-bombs to do so, I, I love it. Because I'll tell you what, the F word is my favorite curse word. There, there's energy yep. behind it. Uh, you can use it in a variety of ways. Um, <laughs> it's one of George Carlin's seven words you can't say on television. I fucking love it. So <laughs> you have opened Pandora's box, by the oh way. Boy. But oh um, yeah, I, I mean, Kirk Cousins dropping F-bombs. That's the type of thing. I think a lot of fans want to see. So I, I think maybe this was just like a one-time thing because Kirk always has these like random outbursts. Like, I mean, when he shows emotion, it's always like awkward. Like he squeals, like, like the Lions like game last year. Yeah. You like that. And like, you know, kind of like riling up Mike Zimmer and mm -hmm. everything else. Yeah. I, I mean, I dig it. Oh yeah. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if it makes him more likable because there's still got a long way to go. Uh, but I would say that it probably makes him a little bit more genuine uh, because we've always kind of viewed Kirk Cousins as more like a robot and he just kind of like does things by the book a thousand percent of the time. Um, but it sounds like just from this and from other things that we've heard in, in training camp that Kirk Cousins is 
has been able to be more himself um, with Minnesota's new coaching staff, you know, feel more free, feel like if he makes a mistake on the field, he's not going to be sent to like the, the woodshed uh, after practice. Um, so, you know, hopefully this, this allowing Kirk Cousins to, to be himself more uh, results in a better performance from him and from the entire team this season. Um, but this, this got me thinking, you know, this, is this a new Kirk? So, you know, you know, I'm, I, I'm giving out a what's more likely. Kirk Cousins walks into the stadium next season before a game, iced out like Joe Burrow, like Joe Burrow, um, or Cousins gets a 15-yard penalty in a game for taunting next season. I hate that nickname, by the way. It's so stupid. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Uh, Burr, get it? Because he's like cold and he's got like R's in his name and. Okay, yeah, whatever. I I had to think about this a lot when I saw it on the outline because I feel like both of them are very like slim chances, like mm-hmm. a non-zero chance. I could see Kurt getting a 15-yard penalty for taunting. Like, you know, spiking the ball and like a player happens to be there, like it would totally be on accident, right? <laughs> I could never see Kurt Cousins walking in with a whole bunch of like like bling and you know like joe namath style like screw joe burrow like joe namath was the original guy walking in with the fur coat and the you know jewelry and all that kind of stuff i was not alive then i am not dating myself that bad i just want to throw that out Either, there what ryan fitzpatrick a couple years ago yeah. after the after well the ryan fitzpatrick well, he's shirtless in like negative mm-hmm. 20 weather like mm-hmm. he's the man too <laughs> like i like here here's why i lean towards this too so like a couple of years ago, remember when Aaron Rodgers like failed chugging that beer at the Bucks game, and like everybody was like Stafford slammed a beer like no problem, and everybody was like, "Yeah, Kirk should do it to show it up." Didn't do it. Like Kirk doesn't like stray from himself. So I, I think the more accurate representation of himself is like dropping an f bomb during practice, or like and then like saying the rosary or something afterwards and whatever. His dad was there. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Hey, his dad was on the sideline. So like I don't know if like <laughs> something go, happened after gotta, practice or whatever. Yeah, it, I got a it, confession. Yeah, I, I, so, I'm sorry, Dad. I, <laughs> I, I I didn't mean to do it. Like no, you, no. you kind of mentioned it, but what? Do you, I just got me thinking. You talk about beer and Aaron Rodgers. What, what kind of beer do you think uh, Kirk Cousins drinks? Um, is he like a light beer guy? guy? Is, he, is he an IPA guy? John Moxley drinks the Athletic Brewing beer, That's and sad. like he's got so it's like a non-alcoholic beer, and like because oh. Mox went to rehab yeah. and like what, yeah. and he like cracked one open during like a post pay-per-view presser or something but like we're freaking out yeah yeah and he's like nah it's not it's not (laughs) alcoholic it's delicious like he might do the whole non-alcoholic thing i think i i don't think he i don't think he drinks too much he drinks like a a summer shanty or something it's like it's got it's got a little bit a little bit of alcohol in there but you know not not enough to get give him a buzz i like a little summer shanty every now and then though (laughs) it's good yeah um, I would say, yeah, the 15 yard penalty is probably, uh, more likely and kind of like you, I could see him where like he's getting, getting a little carried away and he kind of like accidentally runs into a ref or something and he's just like, Oh no. And then like, they're like, sorry, Kirk, I got to do it. I got to throw the flag. But yeah, he's not going to pull like a Cam Newton after a touchdown, rip his helmet off and like dance and be like, I'm back. Um, so no, yeah, Matt, but, yeah. Well, well, he did the gritty. He tried. <laughs> Meaningless he tried. He tried. week seventeen game in Detroit. He, he tried. He tried. He made an attempt. 
gritty now in uh, now in Madden. They didn't really improve a whole lot, but they gave people the gritty, which is uh, you know that's that's all they wanted. Um, sticking with Kirk Cousins, what what do you what do you need to see from from Kirk Cousins this season to view him differently? as a quarterback, you know, something that would convince you that he's changed in, in like a good way and like a, a more positive direction. Well, like I said, I, I want to see him take ownership of the team and kind of the things that he does during a game. You know, last year we saw Kirk in the whole timeout thing, right? Like I don't call the timeouts that's yeah. Zimmer. And that could have just been Zimmer saying something after Sheldon Richardson called a timeout in a, on a field goal against Cleveland. Like that could have, uh, that could have just, paused everything yep. i saw a comment on the side so I, i'm a little bit flo- i'm like ooh, i've never seen the comments before thank you for <laughs> contributing if you got questions ask them i do not know how your niners were i was not at practice um big trey, trey lance, lance wasn't guy good. though he wasn't good is that what you he heard good today i don't think he was good today that's what uh arif said but i think arif was also trolling some some niners fans because he was getting into it yesterday with them so Arif's like the ultimate heel when it yeah. comes to NDSU players. Like he <laughs> walks in, like it's like uh, it's like CM Punk on Long Island wearing yeah. the you know John yeah. Tavares yeah. Islanders jersey. But no, I I want to see Kirk take control of this team. I want to see him take ownership of his decisions on the field and really take a vested interest. I also want to see it control Kirk because sometimes when he does that, he does it to his own detriment. So I think a lot of people. You know, I mean, it's interceptions. It's, you know, I mean, he nearly threw two that gave away the Green Bay game, right? I want to see a focus, Kirk, and I want to see him under control because I think that's the best opportunity to win. And I think Kevin O'Connell gives him the best chance to be that kind of player. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see him more under control, but I kind of, I feel like I would view him differently if he threw more interceptions. It sounds like odd for someone to be like, I hope he throws more interceptions, but to me that that would show me that he's no longer afraid to take chances. If he makes a mistake, like we've seen in the past where he throws one interception in the rest of the game, he just resorts to checking down the rest of the game and he doesn't want to mess anything up. And then the Vikings miss out on some p- potential big plays because Kirk cousins would rather throw to CJ ham than chuck it up to Justin Jefferson uh, down the field. So I would actually like to see him throw, not, I don't want to see him throw 20 interceptions, but like if he throws, you know, 12, because he's, he's been hovering around like the six or seven range the last two seasons. So if he throws like 12 or 13, I think that's fine. And I think Kevin O'Connell's always going to be like, that's fine too. Cause didn't Matthew Stafford, didn't he lead the league in interceptions last year? But he also threw for like over 40 touchdowns. So I think that made up for it. Um, but yeah, that would, I would like to see him. Just just be more comfortable after making mistakes and kind of, you know, have a, a quick memory or, like, yeah, like just put that in the back of your mind. You're supposed to a short memory, I guess, because um, I think you're supposed to to have that as a as a as a good quarterback. That's the money quote, though. That's the ethos of Kirk Cousins, because in Washington with Jay Gruden, Jay Gruden wanted him to be more aggressive. He's like, I can't scheme guys 10 yards open all the time. Yeah. And Cousins said, if you if I throw it when you want me to throw it, I'm going to throw like 20 interceptions. And Jay Gruden said, but you're also going to throw 60 touchdowns. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing we got to get away from here. And then that, you know, loss against Notre Dame in college that he referenced in his book, like <laughs> you and I joked about it. It's like that scene in Step Brothers when Dale is singing and then uh, 
you know, they, I, I don't know how far we can go on the potty mouth scale on this show. So I'm just going to keep it clean. But you know, those guys are chanting something at him and like, he, he just flashes back every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk yeah. has a, an extremely high quarterback rating and no postseason wins. Kirk has an extremely high. Pre- <laughs> none. I don't think back then he didn't. He's got, he's got to win yeah. now. He, he beat the saints. He's got a dumb. But, uh, we're, we're switching to another topic, but it's still Kirk Cousins related because he, you know, he was kind of disrespected this week by uh, someone who used to play in the NFL. So former NFL running back and current NFL network analyst Maurice Jones-Drew, formerly of the Jaguar, Jaguars and uh, Raiders. Uh, he recently released his list of the top 10 quarterback and wide receiver duos in the league heading into next season. Uh, most of his selections are fine. Um, but he surprisingly decided to leave Kirk Cousins and, and Justin Jefferson off of his list. So here's who uh, Jones Drew picked for this list. At number one, he's got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. That's fine. At number two, he's got Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. Number three, he's got Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. Number four, he's got Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Mm, never played with each other, but they're number four. Um, at number five, he's got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Number six, he's got... Tom Brady and Mike Evans. Number seven, got Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. At number eight, he's got, uh, wow, what's Herbert's name? Justin what, Herbert and Justin uh, Herbert. Allen. Wow, Justin Herbert. I, I did I that last show. You always <laughs> got to put the first names yeah, on these things. Cause you, you'll know them as you're writing it, but then when you see it during the show, you're just like, uh, uh, uh Khalil yeah. Herbert. No, yeah. that's not it. <laughs> number eight, Justin Herbert. And Keenan Allen. At number nine, Dak Prescott. And uh, uh, no, no, no. At number nine, <laughs> wow, Kyler You're Murray. Shook. Yeah, I am. Kyler like Murray. Kirk in and, the fourth. <laughs> and DeAndre Hopkins, who was suspended for the first six games of this season. And number 10, the, uh, the wonderful Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas, who hasn't played in two seasons. So, of these 10 duos, which duo should Cousins and Jefferson replace? And then how high should they be on this list? So the two that don't belong here to me are Derek Carr and Devontae Adams because they have played together, but never in the NFL. That was at Fresno State, and that was nine years ago. And we don't know how that's going to work. So even if Devontae Adams is like, this guy is a Hall of Famer. Well, Tyreek Hill thinks Tua Tagovailoa is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. So apparently. so, so, I mean, they got to go. And then Jameis and Michael Thomas, like I, I know Michael Thomas is a good receiver. <laughs> like th- that's fine. Jameis has put up a 5,000 yard season before, but they haven't played together. They barely play together because I, I, that, I don't even I'm know if they have just practice. Yeah. I think just practice because Winston, Thomas didn't I think play all season. last year when he was a starter. So yeah. Yeah. He didn't play yeah. at all last year. Um, Yeah. Just, and when you mentioned that 5,000 yard season from Winston, he also threw 30 interceptions that year. So I wouldn't even That's like. What we want from Kirk, don't we? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't want 30. 30 is uh, a little high. Yeah. So, so where would you put uh, Cousins and Jefferson on this list, though? I put them fifth. Okay. And I, some Viking fans might think that's disrespect, but I think it's respect for the other names on this list. Cause Jab- Joe Burrow and Jamar chase, they probably have the statistical numbers to match up, 
when it comes to per season, because we're only talking about like one season since Justin yeah. Jefferson came in. But I, I mean, those guys have such a rapport. They were awesome at LSU. It's more recent than Adams and Carr. So and and we have a season of NFL proof to show that they're very good. Uh, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. I, I mean, basically, Josh Allen drops back and goes, where's Stefan Diggs? The first time every play. So, I mean, that's huge. Uh, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. That's a very good connection as well. Stafford got traded to the Rams, called Cooper Cup right away, said, hey, let's let's start working out. Let's start throwing. And it panned out in the Super Bowl. We saw that. And then I got to put Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey fourth. Uh, look at that last drive against Buffalo, the one in regulation that tied things up. Uh, those two are just on the same page. They know what they're doing. Very good. I, I think Cousins and Jefferson are right behind that. They've outproduced everybody else on the list for the most part. I think Brady and Evans have more touchdowns. But, I mean, Cousins, when he wants to throw it to Justin Jefferson, he's going to go up and get the ball. And I think in this new offense, we're going to see that connection get even stronger. And I think they got a chance to raise up this list as the season goes along. Yeah, of all like the highlights that are posted or the the, the secret video, that's posted from from practice recently. Uh, I feel like probably eighty percent of them are, are cousins to to Jefferson. So it just feels like he's just going to be on fire this year. Um, yeah, I would replace Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas. Uh, cousins better quarterback than Winston. Michael Thomas hasn't played football in two years. Even if he does play, I, I think Justin Jefferson is a much better receiver than him, anyways. Um, as for how high they should be on the list, I kind of put them a little lower than you. I would put them at seven. Um, behind the disrespect, you're gonna behind, get trashed on Twitter, be, man. Behind, I guess I could I could put them at at six because I wouldn't. Yeah, like you, I wouldn't have Carr and Adams ranked that high. So I guess I would put them at six, but behind Brady and Mike Evans, just because, like. I can't just Tom Brady is just so good. I can't help it. Like he's 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 44 and he's leading the league in touchdowns. Um, but definitely ahead of of Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. You can you can argue her cousins, Dak Prescott, who's better for a long time, but but Justin Jefferson is definitely way better than CeeDee Lamb. It's not even not even close. Um but yeah, so looking at, at this duo of of cousins and Jefferson, who do you think owes the other more for their success during the last two seasons who gets the bigger fruit basket yeah just wake up on christmas morning there's a fruit basket that wouldn't work in minnesota though it'd probably be frozen and everything would be <laughs> yucky um i would say jefferson but somebody has to get him the ball right like this is not i don't think this is a situation where the wide receiver is so good that he can make anybody else look good like if you take away justin jefferson kirk cousins is still a good quarterback. He was good with Stefan Diggs, right? Mm -hmm. And he also has Adam Thielen and a whole bunch of other weapons. So I, I don't think that's this case, but I mean, Jefferson just has a track record of production. You go back to LSU and that monster final season with Joe Burrow. Um, you know, it, I, I think they'd help each other out. I think they're just like a very well-oiled tag team. You mentioned Madden. I am tempted to do a Bengals franchise and get Justin Jefferson on the Bengals. Oh, or maybe, dude. maybe I just switch it around, go get Joe Burrow and Jamar yeah, Chase and that. put them on the Vikings. Yes. I didn't that. think of that part, but I mean, the Vikings, got, the Vikings got, don't have the cap space though. It'll be harder. Yes. Like Joe Burrow's on his rookie <laughs> contract, right? He's still oh, got like true, a year. True. 
Yeah, you double a whole bunch of salary there. Jamar Chase on his rookie contract. See, <laughs> simple. Um, Let's do it. You know, you got you already got Ed Ingram, Daniel Hunter, Patrick Peterson on 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 the Vikings. Just add some more LSU guys. Um, I think, yeah, it's close. I think you can argue each way, but I think if you had to pick one, I would say that Cousins has benefited more from from Jefferson being on the roster. Um, if you just look at the numbers, the last two seasons, uh, Cousins' first two seasons with without Jefferson, he averaged about 3,900 passing yards and 28 touchdowns. In his last two seasons with Jefferson, he's averaged uh, over 4,200 yards and 34 passing touchdowns. So that's just, just like a 7% increase in passing yards, but that's a 20% increase in touchdowns. Um, now, that could be scheme-related and all that fun stuff, but um, I think Jefferson has definitely helped Kirk Cousins kind of get to another level the last two years. It hasn't produced a playoff appearance, but I think you can go back and kind of look at guys like like Case Keenum uh, when he was doing so well here with the Vikings, and his success was likely had a lot to do with uh, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Uh, now, I'm not saying that Cousins' success is, is likely a lot due to Jefferson, but he's definitely benefited, uh, I think, more than, than Jefferson has from, from Cousins. And yeah, Jefferson's not going to put up these numbers if he has like Sean Mannion or, or Joe Flacco or somebody back there. But he if he has, you know, a satisfactory guy back there who can just like, do you think Justin Jefferson could put up the numbers that he's been putting up if he had someone like, let's say, Jared Goff? I think uh, not these numbers. No. Okay. No, not these numbers. I, I think he'd put up numbers. I think he could get open enough. Like Jared Goff. Remember he had a big season in LA. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, he's capable. The right offense. I think if it, yeah. maybe it was this offense, maybe if Sean McVay was the head coach of the lions, <laughs> but don't, I, this is a, I'm a Dan Campbell Stan. So yeah, I know. still got to watch. I got to watch episode two. I haven't, me too. I catch up with that. Um, yeah. I started the Manti Teo documentary last night. I have heard that's awesome. The first, first, there's two parts, and the first part's a little bit of a snoozer because they tell you like every detail of like his college life, and I'm like, I don't want to know this stuff. I want to find out what everyone else finds out, and then what happens after that. Um, but yeah, it's it's still pretty interesting. You know, I'll watch the rest of that later. All right, Saturday, the Vikings have a preseason game. In U.S. Bank Stadium, their only preseason game of the year in U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, it's set to kick off at 6 o'clock p.m. Central. Uh, it's against the Niners, who the, the team that they're having joint practices with this week. And according to uh, WinBet, the Vikings are currently favored by five points. I don't know how they determine this in the preseason, but they're favored by five. And the over-under is currently set at 39 points. Unfortunately, uh, this game will not be on NFL Network or ESPN or Fox or any of that. It will only be broadcast locally on Fox 9. So if you are out of the market, you'll have to get some DirecTV or, or whatever package to... Or NFL Plus, I guess you can do that now, right? Um, if you're out of the market, you can watch them. So looking at this game, Chris, similar to what we did last week with the, the Raiders preseason game, which offensive players will you be keeping an eye on? I feel like they're the same from last week because, okay. I mean, no, nothing has really changed. I'm looking at Kellen Mond, seeing if he can take a step forward after, right. you know, I mean, I mean, it, it was pretty good. 
he had that one throw that uh, JTO Sullivan just blasted for about five minutes on his yeah. putt, and rightfully so. It looked like yeah. it was a very clear lane to throw through. But um, I want to see him look more composed when a higher level of players are in the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I don't want to see a split. I, I don't want to see it down to the exact snap like Kevin O'Connell did the other day. I, I want to see these... I want to see Kellen Mond get some run and make some plays. Uh, Ty Chandler, Kane Wongwu was last week a mirage. I want to see that. And I also want to see the offensive line. Hopefully they bring out the starters, but not for too long, maybe like a series or two again, just kind of see how they're gelling. And especially uh, with the new starting right guard, I kind of want to see how that's going. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how Ed, Ed Ingram does. He had a good game last week uh, per PFF and all that fun stuff, and he's been taking first-team reps this week, so it seems like he's on track to be the starting right guard, uh, barring injury. We'll be watching him. I'd like to see what what if Jalen Naylor can do anything, because we didn't really hear a whole lot from him last week. I think he re- like returned a kick or a punt, and that's, that's kind of about it. Uh, Tristan Jackson had a pretty good game last week. I'd like to see if he can keep that up. Ty Chandler, like you mentioned. Um and Kellen Mond definitely I would like to see him start on yeah. Saturday. I would like to see him uh have a opportunity in a two minute situation at least one. Um because I think the drive where they did really well where he they went seventy five yards I think that was no huddle a lot of it was um yep so and they did well with that so I like to see that. Um, and I really don't want to see uh, any of Sean Mannion because I don't need to see anything more from from Sean Mannion. I keep reading. I think I read something from Albert Breer today about how uh, Sean Mannion is. He's he's still valuable to have because he just he just knows this offense. Uh, then make him a coach. Make him a coach. He doesn't need to be a player. Like I I don't I hate that argument that like he knows this offense. He was with the Rams from. 2017 to 2019. Okay, then make him a coach. He doesn't need to be a quarterback because he can't play quarterback. So we're not, we're not this isn't playing who knows the offense the best because if, if that was how it went, there'd be a lot different quarterbacks on the field, but you actually have to play well too. And they don't have a whiteboard at the middle of the field and be no. like, all right, send here's the bonus round. Send out your best whiteboard guy. Yeah, we never we never Whitehurst see, against uh, Sean Mannion. What's the, oh the Wonderlick test? Like the guys that always score yeah. the highest on there, they never do well uh, in the NFL because they can't play. Like what did Ryan great. Fitzpatrick get? Well, he did. He went to Harvard. Okay. Yeah, I know, but, but I, I'm just saying. Like I'm not saying he did that's well. like the norm, but he did. No, he did well. But and he's yeah. an example of someone who did well and and kind of played well in the NFL. Like he had a long career, but no one's going to be like, oh, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, most of the guys who are, I think they'd probably get average on that test. If you're if you get average, you're usually a pretty good player. If you get too high or too low, then it's pro- usually probably not a good sign. Um, but yeah, like you gotta play too, and that just isn't the case with, with Sean Mannion. Which uh, defensive players will you be keeping an eye on? Similar I'm looking week? at Patrick Jones the second. Yeah, yeah um, yeah. he looked really good. I looked at his stats for my three bold predictions, which will come out tomorrow at the Viking Age. Um, he had four pressures on 16 pass rushing snaps, which, uh, if you put DJ Wanham by comparison, he had one pressure on 18 pass rushing snaps. And I think that was a product of 
<laughs> Patrick Jones getting pressure first. Um, I'm also looking at the entire secondary because they committed four of the eight penalties last week, according to Pro Football Focus, and if you include Andrew Booth's uh, double Two. penalty, yeah, yeah, that uh, that kind of you know inflates things a little bit. Um, if the 49ers bring out their starters. I mean, I, I think that could get kind of ugly, even if Trey Lance struggled a little bit today, reportedly. But um, I think that, you know, I, I think that the secondary needs to step up a little bit and I need to see some players make some plays because it did not go well. Chris Boyd was the highest graded corner yeah. and that that spells trouble, really, if you put things together. Hang the banner, Chris Boyd. You were the highest graded player in the secondary. In the I'm sure game. he has. I'm sure he has. <laughs> Sure. Uh, yeah. Secondary to Andrew Booth, uh, Lewis seen. I think we, there wasn't really anything bad from Lewis seen in, in, in the first preseason game, but there wasn't really a whole lot that stood out either. Uh, and that could just be the case. Cause you're still kind of adjusting to the, the flow of the NFL and learning the system still. Uh, I'd like to see more from Brian Osamoa. He had, uh, some, some good moments last week, but he also had some, some rookie moments as well. Like you, I want to see Patrick Jones the second because um, he, he I feel like he could be, you know, really good for the Vikings this year as a situational pass rusher just to to throw things off. And then and then Jalen Twyman, he was kind of everyone was kind of really excited that he was just just playing last week because he hasn't played in, in so long. And I'd like to kind of get past that and actually see him make some plays, make a difference. Um, and maybe he did last week, but it wasn't very noticeable so those are some of the guys i'd like to watch on the defensive side of the ball uh let's see which players who got snaps last week would you like to see on the bench this weekend to preserve their health for the regular season so this is going to sound a little bit weird i'm thinking ed ingram because i know he's the starting right guard i figure he could use the reps but have you seen what's behind him (laughs) devon kinlod put jesse davis into the ground during last week's practice and, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't trust anybody else to play guard right yeah. now. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to get the starters a series or two, I'm all for it. But get them out there as soon as possible because we don't need Ingram getting nicked or anything like that. I, I think he's going to be a very critical part of the offensive line and you got to protect him at all cost. Yeah, there's, I wouldn't mind seeing Ingram out there, but at the same time, I wouldn't mind if he's not out there just because, yeah, it, it's preseason. He's not going to get any that much better if he gets a couple reps against the, a Niners team that he's been facing all week. Anyways, um, I don't think I need to see anything from from Brian O'Neill, Christian Derrissaw, Harrison Phillips, or, or Delvin Tomlinson, uh, especially those defensive guys. We already know what they're capable of. Uh, they they played a little bit last week and showed that they're, they're going to be fine, so we don't need to see them out there to get hurt because um, those guys in the trenches feel like those are guys that usually get hurt a lot in the preseason because they're just they're going all out and getting run over. Uh, we've seen what the Browns are to lose two centers. Uh, same thing with like the Bucks. So you know, hey Kevin Stefanski, if you need a center, uh, I know a guy. Um, they got other things to deal with. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. I don't like people are like, oh, you know, Christian Derrissaw is in his second year. He's a young guy, give him some reps. I'm like, no, I. Cause, cause if he's <laughs> if he's down, what Ali Udo's out there at left tackle? So let's, yeah, let's not do that. Anywhere I, where there's no depth, there's no sense in playing them. No, no. Even if like, they're young, I I'm yeah. not doing it. 
Like, even it, I think Alexander Madison should play. He didn't really have a good game last week. Also, it's preseason. Who cares? But, like, it sounds like he needs to, sounds like he's not really fitting in well with uh, the system that they're running and kind of probably needs to some more adjusting. So, I'd still like to see someone like Alexander Madison out there. Uh, are there any players who sat last week that you would like to see? On the field, I'll just name them off to you quickly. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, Patrick Peterson, Eric Kendricks, or Harrison Smith. Nope. Oh, no. That's my analysis. Nope. Yeah. Put him no. put him in a bubble wrap, give him a Gatorade, and let him warm up. No Maybe reason. Just... No reason. All right, thanks, guys. Good. Any good of those guys up. need to be on the field. I'm sure Kirk Cousins would love to be on the field and get, get some reps against you know, Kyle Shanahan. Um, but no, the apple he, of his eye. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be on the field. He's been having a really good training camp. He's having some good practices this week. He does not need to be on the field. And because like the Niners, they're not known for having like a bad defense. Their depth guys are probably really good too. So it's not like they're going to hold back and not go after Kirk Cousins. And he's probably going to have. He would have some like second team offensive line guys in front of him. Uh, no, they'd probably play the first team if, if Cousins was out there. Um, but yeah, no, we don't, we don't need to see any of these guys. Um, they're good. Um, last question. Did you see the return of Kenny Omega last night? I did. <laughs> Is I he did. still hurt? He's still got a thing on his shoulder. What's going on with that? He's probably just still a little banged up. He had a lot of surgeries. It sounds like because yeah. once that full gear match happened, I mean, the rumor was he hung on because he wanted to finish the storyline with Adam Page and it was just kind of a respect thing. Um, awesome main event. I was there uh, for his last match at Full Gear 2021 where that? Hangman Adam Page won at Target Center. Yeah, oh, it was what? in Target Center. Yep. Oh. It, was, it was an awesome show. Uh, probably one of the best I've ever been to. But um, yeah, people are, I mean, I get it. You know, people find joy out of things. And I was thinking maybe Kenny Omega would show up last week when they were in Minneapolis right. um, or, you know, when the young bucks were getting jumped by yeah. uh, the undisputed, yep. whatever they're called now um, era era. I, well, that's the WWE elite or whatever the undisputed, okay, yeah. maybe they'll just yeah. go undisputed. That would be a <laughs> just the good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I kind of, kind of surprised it took that long, but it, it's good to see Kenny back. He's fun to watch in the ring. We, so they did it interesting too. Like, they did like a whole intro for him and everything. Would you rather have that or like him just like kind of run in or just have his music hit? Cause I like, I think I kind of like it better when they're like, who is it? Who is it? And then the music just turns on and then you're like, Oh shit. Well, that was, that was the best part. So like back in the day in the nineties and like late two thousands, like when stone cold, Steve Austin's glass hit, you oh, knew yeah. like thing, things were going to get real. Even last week with CM Punk returning, yeah. You heard like the static thing and everybody yep. lost their minds. I kind of would have liked it if, you know, Kenny Omega. And I mean, that's his thing. He gets the long intro and every and everybody knew once he started going through the whole list of everything yeah. it was going to be Kenny. But um, I, I like that whole, you know, somebody's in trouble and then the yeah, kids the big are like, oh, my, my God. Or like, you know, somebody's like, like open challenges. That's like or uh, like WrestleMania, like mm -hmm. Seth Rollins coming out mm -hmm. and like. Who's his opponent? And then Cody Rhodes shows up like those are always really like when Cody Rhodes enters the uh, 2023 Royal Rumble and wins it. <laughs> yeah, my in. favorite. 
I think my favorite of that is is always the Hardys at WrestleMania. That was just ridiculous. Even though a lot of people knew it was coming, it was still just like everyone's like, "Oh man, Edge!" You know, that pop was huge. Edge too, yeah. Ro- Edge at the Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble in 2020. That sure. was because uh, no one saw that coming. Yeah, uh, I screamed in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Vikings play on Saturday. Hopefully they they looked good actually last week in their preseason game. Like didn't have any injuries. Let's hope no injuries on on this weekend either. Um, I will have the day off, so I won't even probably watch until Sunday. I'll probably see what's going on though. Um, but yeah, until Monday, we'll talk about the game on Monday and, and kind of look ahead. They'll, they'll only have one preseason game left after that. We're getting closer to the season. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to this channel, like this video. And uh, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, But until next time, Chris and I talk to you later.